Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the annual shareholder meeting of stockholders of Pharmacite Biotech. This meeting is being held virtually in light of COVID-19. I'm Kenneth L. Wagoner, the chairman of the board, chief executive officer, president, and general counsel of the company. I will act as chair of the meeting. I would like to introduce you to the management team who are virtually present with us at today's meeting. Dr. Gerald W. Crabtree, our Chief Scientific Officer and a Director, and Carlos A. Torrio, who is our Chief Financial Officer and a Director. We are also pleased to have with us Katrina Sarkova. She's an audit partner with the firm of Armenino LLP. They are our independent certified public accountants. We also have with us Merrill M. Cranes, a Pepper, a Troutman Pepper, our outside legal counsel. The meeting will please come to order. Uh, Peter Deskovich is a representative of Broadridge Financial Solutions, Inc. He will serve as the inspector of elections for this meeting. He has the authority to, among other things, receive and determine the validity of all proxies and ballots that are submitted and to certify the number of shares represented at this meetings. He's all, he also will be reporting the results of the vote of the company stockholders on any motion that a stockholder brings. Carlos uh, A. Trujillo will be serving as our secretary for the meeting. Now, before we get down to business, I'd like to speak to the importance of a yes vote on proposal number two. That's a proposal to increase the authorized shares of our common stock. Voting yes is vital to the life of the company and our therapies using the cell in a box technology. We are at a critical moment in the company's history. Every test that we must complete, resubmitting the IND to the FDA and entering clinical trials will cost a great deal of money to accomplish. We've already spent considerable time and money to get us to this point. It would be a shame to have to shelve the treatment because we could no longer pay for the development process, which includes getting our therapy for pancreatic cancer over the finish line by satisfying the FDA's request. Those requests were put to us when we were placed on clinical hold. So voting yes ensures that we will likely have enough shares available to fund our operations. We have received plenty of phone calls and emails asking us if we've tried X, Y, and Z in an effort to obtain funding. The short answer is yes, yes, and yes. We've tried numerous avenues to attain funding. Funding for an OTC company is, is a difficult path to begin with, but obtaining funding from organizations, banks, family offices, venture capitalists, and the like, without any up-to-date data under the watchful eye of the FDA is nearly impossible. We've been in contact with numerous organizations such as the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and the Suzanne Wright Foundation, investment banks, family offices, and venture capitalists. <clears throat> For every pitch we've made, we received similar responses. If you have a positive FDA clinical trial data and your capital is restructured to reduce the number of outstanding shares, they would be interested in investing in Pharmacite. So once again, it's vital 
we get that positive data and restructure our capital to attract investors. To do that, we need to devote yes. So we can complete our work to have the clinical hold lifted and then resubmit the IND for permission to begin our clinical trial in locally advanced and inoperable pancreatic cancer. Without a yes vote in favor of proposal number two, we will be in no position to continue funding the work we've started on the FDA's requests to lift the clinical hold on our pancreatic cancer therapy. Our hope is that we get the yes vote so we can fund the remaining work to lift the clinical hold, which we hope to complete by the end of this year. Okay, we will now officially open today's annual meeting of shareholders. However, we will leave the meeting open for at least 10 business days in order to give everyone an opportunity to vote or to change their vote if they've already voted and voted no on any of the proposals. Numerous shareholders did not receive a proxy statement. We discovered this is a problem when we published this week's press release. To obtain a proxy statement, send us an email addressed to investorrelations, one word, at pharmacite.com. One will be sent to you as soon as possible when we receive your email. You can vote your proxy today electronically or by calling the following number, 866-851-3212. You can also change your vote by voting again. The last vote you cast is the vote that is officially counted. Before we get underway with the business at hand, uh, I would like to provide an update on the company's efforts to lift the clinical hold. In order to address the clinical hold, we've assembled a scientific team to respond to the FDA requests related to the clinical hold. Our team is and has been working to complete the list of items requested by the FDA, which can be found on pages 28 and 29 in our latest or last 10Q. We are in varying stages on each of those items. I'd like to walk you through where we are on a host of them, all, all of them pertaining to the various tests and assays requested by the FDA. This does not include the request for specific information related to our IND submission. Much of that information relates to the tests and assays. Thus far, we've completed a three, six, nine, and 12-month product stability study on a clinical trial product, which we normally refer to as SIP caps. The stability study includes container closure integrity testing. We've commenced the stability study on the cells from the master cell bank. We are currently testing the first time point of that study. We've commenced physical parameter testing of the SIP caps. We've commenced additional studies for the sequence of DNA encoding the encapsulated cells in our SIP caps. We've designed the biocompatibility tests required by the FDA. Some of, of those tests are already underway. The tests are a subchronic and chronic toxicity study in New Zealand white rabbits, a skin sensitization sensitization study in guinea pigs, an acute system, systemic toxicity study, an AIMS test, 
which consists of a genotoxicity bacteria and reduced mutation test, an intercutaneous test, a complement activation test, a hemolosis test, an in vitro cytotoxicity test by the elution method, and finally, an in vivo micronucleus assay. In all, there are nine studies that will have to be completed to satisfy the FDA's request for a for the full suite of the biocompatibility tests that are required by the FDA. We've also manufactured 400 empty capsules. These capsules are being used in the biocompatibility studies. We've prepared a matrix of ground up capsules for the biocompatibility tests as well and ship those to the lab that we'll be conducting all of the biocompatibility studies. We've commenced a compression and swelling study of the SIP caps. We've done that to show that they remain intact through the rigors of implantation into a human and while they reside in a patient. We've designed a study to determine if the SIP caps are adversely affected by contrast medium. The equipment has been purchased by Ostrinova to conduct that study. The study is necessary because during the first two clinical trials, contrast medium, which is a medium that helps the interventional radiologist see where the implantation is occurring near the pancreas, was not used in the first two studies. So it has to be demonstrated that the contrast medium is not affecting or adversely affecting the SIP caps. We've designed a study to show the catheters used by the interventional radiologists to implant the SIP caps. Again, do not adversely impact the SIP caps. The catheters have been purchased and have arrived at the Ostrinova facility in Bangkok, Thailand. That study is scheduled to begin shortly. We developed information on the qualification of the filling process used by Eurofins for the master cell bank cells. You may recall that Eurofins manufactured those cells. We are in the process of evaluating the compatibility of our delivery devices. Those would be the pre-filled syringes of SIP caps and the microcatheters that will be used by the interventional radiologist to implant the SIP caps. We're providing additional detailed description of the manufacturing process. This is being handled by Ostrinova. The manufacturing process is a tightly held trait secret. Remember, Ostrinova choose, chose not to patent its cell-in-the-box technology, thinking that its technology is better protected by keeping the information about the technology and how it's manufactured a top secret. We're in the process of demonstrating the comparability between the first generation of the encapsulated cells, which you may recall we used to refer to as NovaCaps, and the second generation of the encapsulated cells, which we now call SIPCaps. We're also ensuring adequate and consistent product performance and safety between the two generations of product. This work is being handled by Ostrinova for the most part. We're in the process of a addressing insufficiencies in the chemistry, manufacturing, and controls information in the drug master file that was submitted to support our IND. 
Now, you should understand that the company was not involved in the preparation of the drug master file, which is essentially a roadmap for how to manufacture the SIP caps. Once again, this work is being handled exclusively by Astronova. We're developing arguments to convince the FDA that the new and extensive pig study, which is essentially a toxicity study, needs to be substantially modified to reduce the number of pigs studied and the duration of the study. We've retained two additional regulatory experts to develop support for this argument. When the arguments are fully developed, we plan to request a meeting with the FDA to see if the FDA concurs with our position. We also believe that the requested cancer study be eliminated in its entirety. The same regulatory experts working on the pig study arguments have developed support for this argument. When the arguments are fully developed, again, we plan to request a meeting with the, if the FDA to see if the FDA concurs with our position. We're in the process of developing more specific product release specifications for the SIP caps. We're also developing a syringe ejection stability study, which includes verifying break loose force and glide force. We're revising the investigator brochure to include the results from the preclinical studies conducted in response to the clinical hold and we are removing any statements not supported by the data we have or will be generating, have generated or will be generating from the preclinical studies. We're submitting an updated batch analysis of SIP caps for the specific lot that will be used for manufacturing our future SIP caps. A batch analysis is an analysis of each function in the manufacturing process of the SIP caps. Much of the remaining SIP caps are being used in the various tests and assays required by the FDA. We will likely have to manufacture another batch of 400 SIP caps to be, to be available for our clinical trial in locally advanced and inoperable pancreatic cancer. We're at the FDA's request, providing a few examples of common microcatheters that are described in our angiography procedure manual. And finally, we're providing discussion, a discussion with data for the potential for cellular hural immune reactivity against the rat CYP2B1 protein and the potential for induction of autoimmune-mediated toxicities in our clinical trial study population. I would now like to turn the floor over to Carlos, and he'll begin to walk us through the business of the meeting. Thank Carlos. you. Katarina Starkova, the other partner of Armanino LLP, is prepared to answer any questions you may have about Armanino's engagement by Pharmacite. To submit a question, use the meeting website. We'll take a few moments to allow time for questions to be submitted. At this time, there are no questions that are posted into the website, so we'll continue. <clears throat> Mr. Desovich has taken and signed the, an oath to faithfully execute the duties of inspector of elections with strict impartiality and according to the best of his ability. 
The floor recognizes Mr. Deskovich. I present the affidavit of Broadridge Financial Solutions, a company's mailing and tabulating agent with respect to the due mailing of the notice of internet availability of proxy materials to stockholders of the company, as well as the due mailing of the notice of the meeting, the proxy statement, and the form of proxy to those stockholders requesting it. I also present a list of the stockholders of the company's common stock as of the close of business on April 19, 2021, the record date for this meeting, as prepared by the American Stock Transfer and Trust Company, the company's stock transfer agent. The affidavits, proxy materials, list of stockholders are directed to be filed with the records of the company. Mr. Deskovich, please report on the number of stockholders present at this meeting. The registrar has computed the number of shares represented under the official form of proxy made available or sent to stockholders, to which I have added the number of shares present electronically at this meeting. I report that the holders of at least 1,403,978,469 shares of common stock that are represented at this meeting, which shares represent approximately 58.9% of the shares entitled to vote at this meeting. A quorum is therefore present and the meeting is properly constituted for the transaction of business. The proxies and any substitutions of proxies presented to the meeting are hereby ordered filed with the records of the company. Since no stockholder proposals were filed in advance of this meeting, the business of this meeting is limited to the matters contained in the notice of meeting sent to each of the stockholders of the company, which are as follows. Number one, the election of seven persons to the board of directors of the company as presented in proposal number one in the proxy statement. Number two, the approval of the certificate of amendment of our articles of incorporation to increase the number of authorized shares of common stock as presented in proposal number two in the proxy statement. Number three, the approval of our 2021 equity incentive plan as presented in proposal number three in the proxy statement. And number four, the ratification of our appointment of Armanino LLP as our independent registered public accounting firm for the fiscal year ending April 30, 2022 as presented in proposal number four in the proxy statement. A vote will now be taken whether to approve each proposal. Will all those who intend to vote electronically at the meeting but have not done so, please do so now. Once the votes on each proposal have been tallied, the results will be announced. The company will file a Form 8K with the SEC within four business days to announce the exact voting tallies when they become available. After any other business that may properly come before the meeting has been transacted, we plan to adjourn the meeting to June 30, 2021. This will provide additional time for shareholders to vote their proxies. Mr. Deskovich, would you please votes taken so far with respect to proposal number one, the election of directors of the company? 
Mr. Chairman, I would like to advise the meeting that with respect to proposal number one and each of the other proposals, Kenneth L. Wagner and Carlos A. Trujillo, as appointed in the official proxy card, have voted in accordance with the proxies received from stockholders. I report that the nominees who thus far have received the highest number of affirmative votes of the shares present in person or represented by proxy and entitled to vote, a quorum being present, are Kenneth L. Wagner, Gerald W. Crabtree, Thomas LaCroix, Thomas C. K. Wen, Dr. Michael A. Abescus, Dr. Raymond C. F. Tong, and Carlos A. Trujillo. It appears that Mrs. Mr. Wagner, Trujillo, Lacard, Ewan, Abacasis, Tong, and Trujillo have attained the required number of votes to be elected as directors of the company. Until we receive the final votes, we are not in a position to declare who has been elected to the board of directors. Mr. Wagner, where are we in respect to proposal number two? With respect to proposal number two, the approval of a certificate of amendment to our Articles of Incorporation to increase the number of authorized shares of common stock. We plan to adjourn the meeting in order to allow stockholders additional time to vote on all of the proposals, including proposal number two. Mr. Deskovich, would you please report on the vote taken thus far with respect to proposal number three, the approval of our 2021 equity incentive plan. With respect to proposal number three, thus far a majority of the outstanding shares of common stock present in person or represented by proxy at the meeting and entitled to vote has been cast in favor of the proposal. After the polls close and assuming the majority of votes taken in favor of proposal number three, the 2021 executive incentive plan will be adopted. Mr. Deskovich, would you please report on the vote taken thus far with re respect to proposal number four, the ratification of the appointment of Armanino LLP as our independent registered public accounting firm for the fiscal year ending April 30, 2022. With respect to proposal number four, thus far a majority of the outstanding shares of common stock present or represented at the meeting has been cast in favor of the proposal and the board of directors appointment of Armanio LLP is heading towards ratification. After the polls close and assuming that the majority of the votes taken in favor of proposal number four, Armanino will become our independent registered public accounting firm. I now will turn the floor over to Mr. Wagoner. Thanks, Carlos. Well, I'm pleased to report that the company has received overwhelming support for every proposal. As of today, we're a bit short on the proposal to increase the company's authorized capital. Proposal number two requires a majority of the issued and outstanding shares of our common stock to vote in favor of the proposal, a far greater threshold than is required for the other proposals. At this point, the meeting is hereby adjourned until June 30, 2021, in order to allow stockholders additional time to vote on the proposals. 
we will publish a press release to confirm the date and time for resumption of the meeting. We're going to try and have the meeting resume at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on June 30. As a reminder, proposal number two is critical to our continued existence as a company. Without more authorized shares, we will not be able to finance the company's operation. Thank you for listening through the legal formalities of the meeting. Now, I will be glad to answer any questions which the stockholders may have concerning the business affairs of the company. To submit a question, simply send it to us by using the stockholder meeting website. Just submit the questions when you just click on the tab that's highlighted at Q&A and we'll receive the questions and we'll try and answer as many as we can, time permitting. The first question is the following. Since the last 10Q, has management improved controls over financial reporting? If no, would this prevent uplisting to a major exchange? Based upon this evaluation, our chief executive officer and chief financial officer have conducted that, have concluded that as of January 31, 2021, our disclosure control, controls and procedures were not effective due to the material, we, material weaknesses in internal control over financial reporting. Carlos, do you want to respond to that? Yes. Uh, we have taken steps to alleviate that uh, control weakness. And um, we have also provided a plan to alleviate the other two um, weaknesses in our internal control mostly a function of our lack of um, personnel and the separation of duties. And then also the accounting software that while we have never encountered any issues with it has been deemed to be uh, insufficient uh, protection of, of controls in the, in that aspect. We are looking uh, both to acquire additional personnel and to, um, review different accounting packages in order to alleviate these issues. We do not believe after discussing with legal counsel that this would disqualify us from listing up to NASDAQ. The next question is as follows. Why the increase to 50 billion shares from 2.5 billion? This appears to be an extremely large increase. Would like a comprehensive explanation. Well, the reason for the increase to 50 billion is because we plan to do a reverse stock split. The 50 billion will be reduced down depending upon the ratio that we use to reverse the stock in the 50 million range, which is considerably less than 50 billion. That's the reason for the increase to 50 billion on a temporary basis. Next question is, has Pharmacite made any measurable definable progress in diabetes research at UTS. That research is ongoing. 
we get we get monthly reports from UTS on the work that they're doing. It still remains to be seen whether the um, melogen cells are going to, as suggest as suggested for improvement, will do what we expected them to do or count on them to do in terms of providing sufficient level of insulin in proportion to the blood glucose in the body. That again, that uh, research is ongoing. Next question. Many shareholders are unaware of the devastating effects of a reverse split in share position. Can you avoid such an occurrence? If the company plans on a reverse split in the near future, what is the anticipated ratio? Well, let me answer the first question. Can we avoid such an occurrence? Not if we uh, want to raise the substantial capital that we're looking to raise, that cannot be avoided. And what the ratio is has not been determined. The range uh, that we have in mind is set forth in the proxy statement. Next question is, my login window just opened 30 minutes late, and now you're ending the meeting. Is it recorded? Yes, it is. Prime Gen Global mentions on their website that they are collaborating with Pharmacite. Can you elaborate? No. Next question. Is Dr. Hidalgo still the PI for Pharmacite's pancreatic cancer trial? Is Dr. Hidalgo still on Pharmacite's medical and scientific advisory board? Is there a conflict of interest now that Dr. Hidalgo is on the Bristol-Myers Squibb Board of Directors? Let me take those in order. Dr. Hidalgo is still slated to be the principal investigator for pancreatic cancer clinical trial. Dr. Hidalgo is still on Pharmacite's medical and scientific board. We don't believe there is a conflict of interest now that Dr. Hidalgo is on the board of directors of Bristol-Myers Squibb. Next question. Will you pursue, pursue clinical trials in Europe or Asia if the FDA approval is not received? That remains to be seen. Um, in terms of Europe, until we get the manufacturing process qualified to conduct a phase three trial, the EMA does not permit um, phase two clinical trial material to be involved in a clinical trial in Europe. That's not the case in Asia. So it remains to be seen if we're not able to move forward with the FDA, whether we jump over to Asia to do a clinical trial or even to Australia. Let me get the next question. Next question is, do you have people who are willing to buy the additional shares and if so, at what price? 
I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, we don't have shareholders in the wings um, or anyone else in the wings to speak of that are prepared to purchase our shares as they currently are, as they currently reside and are issued an outstanding capital. Next question is, how many votes are we short to pass proposal number two? We're not sure. Uh, we're getting we're getting close and we're optimistic that we're gonna be able to pass the threshold, maybe even as early as tomorrow, depending upon the votes go today. The next question has, for the most part, already been answered to the extent we can. It is, would, would like for you to discuss the FDA hold and where we are in the process and how the interaction with FDA has been going. When will, we, when will we have supplied all of the information in which was requested to determine if the clinical hold will be lifted? Well, we haven't had any interaction with the FDA and I've provided as much information as we can to elucidate on where we are in terms of responding to the various requirements of the FDA pertaining to the clinical hold. Next question is, if the extra shares are approved, when do you foresee the completion of the final testing for the resubmission, resubmitted of the IND to the FDA? I think the word is resubmission. The only thing we can do at this point is to say that we hope to be able to be in a position before the end of the year to have completed all of the items requested by the FDA and to have resubmitted the IND with the various additional components of the information that the FDA requires. That's the best we can do. It's just an estimate. We might, we might be in a position to do it sooner. It may take longer. We have a question that's very, very pretty much identical to the one I just asked. So I'm going to skip that. We have another question of the same subject. Next question is, how many months will it take to complete the nine studies that the FDA has requested? How much will it cost? The study should be completed well before the end of the year. Uh, in terms of cost, we don't have uh, two of the nine studies costed out yet. It's, it's substantial is all I can recall. Next question is, does Pharmacite plan on merging with Austria Nova and or PrimeGen Global? That's not something I'm in a position to talk about at this point.
I'm skipping over several questions that have been asked that are very similar to the ones that have already been asked. Final question is, what would be the next steps once the IND approved by the F once IND is approved by FDA? Well, the next steps would be to ramp up to conduct the clinical trial, which will have a, a lead time of at least four months. Uh, we don't want to spend the significant sums of money getting ramped up for a clinical trial without knowing that we can actually move forward. The last question is approximately how much funding is required to get to the point of IND submission? That's hard to say. So far, we've, we've mapped out something north of $1.2 million, but it does not include the sizable pig study and cancer study that the FDA requires of, is requiring of us to uh, perform. Still remains to be seen. And then there are a number of additional items that are not captured in that, that dollar figure. Well, that seems to conclude the question and answer period. Thank you for attending the meeting and for your continued support of Pharmacite. Goodbye.